Hi there. We're so glad you joined us to catch up on all things sustainable finance. Before we start the show, we wanted to share with you a new ebook from Sustainalytics Corporate Solutions called Getting Started with ESG, What Every Company Needs to Know. We know that creating a corporate ESG strategy to identify and manage ESG risks may seem daunting. The companies big and small are doing it every day because they know that ESG risks are corporate risks. Our ebook offers a practical guide to help companies that are beginning their ESG journey. You'll learn about getting leadership buy-in, understanding your current ESG situation, and developing an effective ESG strategy. Visit the Resource Center at sustainalytics.com to download your copy today. And now, onto the show. Welcome back to another episode of Sustainalytics Sustainable Finance Solutions Podcast, a monthly roundup of the latest transactions and developments in the sustainable finance space globally. In each episode, we take you through some of the latest news that caught our eye, no 40 transaction that has hit the market and kept off with discussing regulatory updates. This roundup is the created shortlist for a download on what's happening in the sustainable finance space globally, and it may just spark some ideas for future deals and transactions. This episode is hosted by Nick and Marika, who work in the sustainable corporate solutions part across the Asia Pacific. Hello, Nick. So what are the headlines and events um, you would say that happened over that month? Yeah, thank you, Marika, and a happy new year to all of our listeners, which are growing by the month. And um, yeah, look, Marika, it was a really interesting um, end to the year. So we'll just pick up a few points that sort of jumped out in the news. But our business, like many other businesses, had a, a really strong year and pretty focused on, on finishing off the year, but we did notice um, a few things. But look, hope everyone had a great Christmas, um, had a good calendar new year, and a few things that jumped out. There's a couple articles about a greener Christmas, I think, in terms of investing and going paperless and putting money in investment, um, sustainable funds and and all sorts of things. So we'll, we'll see if there's any more articles about um, greener Christmases going forward. We won't talk too much about the volumes in December because we're waiting for some numbers to fully be finalised by ICMA and then the Climate Bond Initiative have some really good summaries of a, of a calendar year. So we'll save the sort of market stats for probably next episode. But look, the, the year finished very well. You know, sustainable finance volumes across all categories were up year on year. Um, another very strong year, probably sustainability bonds and social bonds stabilised, given the huge increase in those last year with, with COVID. SLBs ended up being close to, to $100 billion and green continues to sort of anchor the market and use of proceeds transition is still, still a bit on the far lower side. So still those key parameters that we're seeing, but let's dive into that in future episodes. A couple of other things, I'm sure everyone's maybe seen, been a bit bewildered by, seen all sorts of pros and cons article about the EU and opening things up. They delayed a couple of things, the, the social taxonomy work, the next step in that was delayed, but certainly lively in terms of EU land and what should or shouldn't be in taxonomies and who's agreed to what and uh, um, and when. I noticed a really cool article that was about, a little bit pointed towards the country that I'm from in Australia on Bloomberg about sovereigns facing steeper borrowing costs if slow on climate. So it was a pretty interesting article from Bloomberg about looking at, at blowout potential of um, on sovereign bonds. Sovereign 
issuance continues to be very strong, particularly since COP26. So maybe that'll get my uh, country of origins government to do a bit more on that. But interesting to see much more pricing dynamics will start to get debated, discussed and shown both on use of proceeds and linked instruments and pricing dynamics there. But often if countries, corporates are not doing something around their sustainability, let's see how both impacts on equity and impacts on on borrowing costs, particularly for sovereigns going forward. Linking to that pricing theme, there was a cool article on environmental finance about the socium. So the socium, I think, was basically the social... It's the socium, the new greenium, Nick. Yes, I, I was trying to read it on my socium. It sounds like a type of cough mixture or uh, or something. But yeah, exactly right, Marika. So apparently on the socium side, there's been quite a bit of social issuance recently and, and the premiums on those equivalent to maybe one notch higher in a credit rating. So don't know all the veracity of those claims and that analysis being done. But again, it, it, it highlights this pricing of risk pricing of impact, which we'll see more and more in the markets over time, which I think can only be a good thing. Um, One of the best reports I saw and managed to catch up over my year-end holiday was a Just Transition report released by the uh, World Benchmarking Alliance. So it's part of my reading program. I have a dig into what they release every now and then. And they released a really, really good framework on Just Transition planning elements um, different KPIs, different aspects of it and in a very concise type of framework. So I'd encourage everyone to look at that as this concept of developed, developing countries, just transition, who's got to pay for it, who's got to do what planning, uh, changing workforces, reskilling people, um, super interesting stuff. And hopefully we'll see both A, KPIs and B, use of proceeds connected to both of those going forward in various sustainable finance transactions. Data centers continue to, to show a lot of promise connected to sustainable finance. And there's a bit of a theme about that on Globe Newswire um, articles. So again, picking up the tech theme, I think we'll continue to, to see articles about blockchain and the support that that can give. I guess twofold, use of proceeds or KPIs and IoT and, and how those type of technologies can support efficiency, which can support generally sustainability. And there was also articles about Bitcoin and how much energy they use and whether there's a green Bitcoin and other types of things. I think there's so many different flavors of Bitcoins um, now, but these type of technologies, A, how they can support sustainability from an efficiency perspective, digitization, AI, those type of themes, but also on the issuance and the cost side. So more to be explored on those going forward. A couple of other good reports issued over the month. Environmental Finance had some really good articles about biodiversity and, and nature coming in more to sustainable finance. There were some articles on avoided emissions and how we should quantify those or use those as targets. Maybe, maybe not. The Science-Based Target Initiative released a report on private equity. We're starting to see a lot more um, activity in private equity related to use of proceeds and linked instruments. Um, we've seen quite a few in Asia the last few months releasing some pretty big loans and and how do you apply a a portfolio approach when you don't exactly know what's in your private equity fund or what's coming in and what's what's going out so um, science-based target initiative coming out with a report on that was that was really good in an approach also tpi one of my favorite favorite organizations transition pathway initiative came out with a bit of a complicated but solid report about how we can use some benchmarks and an approach to other industries, um, other industrials that don't have a a specific sector decarbonisation approach like steel and utilities, very well understood and very well referenced. But some of the other 
highly emitting sectors, glass making and others, for instance, something a little bit more tailored to some of those sectors. So that's a good one to look at. So all in all, Marika, a pretty packed month to sort of finish off the year and a number of themes which we'll take forward in the podcast um, over 2022. So that's on the headline side. And what about the sort of final parts of 2021 on the green bond side, Marika? Did anything in particular jump out to you? Thanks, Nick. And thanks for this really good market wrap up on what happened over the last month. Yeah, but on the green bond side, I mean, still lots of activity, although it was towards the end of the year. In particular, on the sovereign side, I know I'm talking a lot about the sovereign side whenever it comes to green bonds. And um, But it is kind of a, a big part these days in the green bond market. We have seen um, new debut deals, for instance, last month from the Philippines. I think there was Denmark, which is planning to do something in January. And then there was New Zealand, which is also in the starting position of launching a green bond soon. So the sovereign activity is still ongoing. We don't see it coming to a halt towards year end, which is which is good. Then um, what else was there? I think France did something interesting on the inflation linked side. So the AFT is planning to examine um, the possibility of issuing a 10 or 15 year syndicated inflation indexed green bond in the course of uh, 2022. Egypt, they also had a debut. They came with a 3 billion ESG loan. And then in Hungary, they issued their first um, sovereign panda bond, which was launched in the China's interbank bond market. And I think the size was around 1 billion renminbi, so roughly around like 100, 150, I think, US dollar. And then staying in China, there was also something worth highlighting um, from China Construction Bank. They issued the first common ground taxonomy aligned green bond, um, which was 500 million. And it's believed to be the first, which is aligned with this common ground taxonomy published by the EU and China. So this is something which is relatively new anyway. So they just um, started working on that. I think they came out in November where China and the EU are trying to align their two taxonomies on different categories for finding common ground, as the name already indicates. In the insurance sector, there was the Austrian insurer, uh, Unica. They raised a 375 euro million subordinated tier two green bond. And uh, yeah, transaction was hugely oversubscribed. It was 20, it was a 20 year bond, so quite long, but typical for insurances, callable after 10 years. And what they want to do with that transaction is they plan to finance or refinance uh, wind and solar farms sustainable waste management and rail and public transport projects. Then GP Morgan, they issued their second equality bond. So what is an equality bond? What does that mean? Um, GP Morgan says they plan that the use of proceeds are designed to advance uh, racial and gender equality, economic opportunity and environmental sustainability. So some different types of green and also on the social social side in terms of the themes. Then there was a lot of activity, Nick, in the renewable space. Um, so just to give you some flavor, there was the Indian-based company Grenco. They are planning to raise uh, 1 billion via offshore bonds. Then there was Canadian Solar. They did a very small green bond to support project development growth. 
And there was the French property firm ICATE, which has converted a 600 million bond, which was issued at an earlier stage. They converted that into a green bond. So they thought approval for that, which got granted. And then they updated their framework for it. And now this green bond is supposed to be aligned with the green bond principles and also the green uh, loan principles. And then last but not least, in the renewable section, there was Taiwan Power, which raised also a Taiwanese dollar, two billion green bond. And another transaction I would like to highlight was in Japan, Impex is issuing um, 10 billion yen bonds for planned investments in geothermal and wind development in Japan and also abroad. And probably the last transaction I would like to highlight, and then um, it's going back to Unic, is from Costa Rica, because this was really interesting. An electricity institute in Costa Rica called um, Costa Rican yeah, Electricity Institute, so I explained already the name. Um, they basically, um, together with the IDB, with the Inter-American Development Bank, they obtained the first certification from CBI, from the Climate Bond Initiatives, in hydropower criteria. So this bond is aligned with the climate bond standard for hydropower criteria. So if this is something where you're looking for references, um, do check out this Hydro CBI certified transaction from Costa Rica. Good. So far on the green side, Nick, anything you would like to mention on the on the social side of things? Yeah, just a couple of things, Marika. And that wow, that was a jam packed end to the year with loads of different geographies there and different types of flavor within green. So really good to to see that ongoing diversification on the social bond side. Just a couple of things to note. Credit Agricole went to market again, and I guess that just sort of flags and highlights a bit of a trend for the banks to go just in social um, format with lots of different social assets on the bank's balance sheet. So we did see that. Sopgen, so another French bank, did a positive impact bond, which had use of proceeds connected to social areas um, such as socio uh, economic advancement, affordable housing, education, training, healthcare, those type of things. Um, and just a reminder to our listeners, you may sometimes see the, the concept of social impact bond or SIB, which is a little bit different to the use of proceeds sort of um, sort of market. And on the, the SIB side, shall we say, is when a third party comes in, there's a pay for success um, mechanism there. And generally a government will pay a bit of a kicker on a bond or a kicker to the, um, the entity trying to deliver a, a type of generally government connected sort of, um, sort of service. And there's a bit of a kicker back onto the bond. But again, without going too much into that, that impact or, or traditional social uh, impact bond is different to the use of proceeds approach, just in case people uh, or listeners do see those. And there's a few different flavor of, of labels going across social. So yeah, just a couple of those things to, to highlight. And to jump back on the, on the loan side, um, with all those bonds happening, was there much activity on the green loan side, um, Marika, or was a bit of a subdued end of the year? Mm, I would say a bit more subdued, Nick, um, but there are a couple of transactions which are probably interesting. So one which caught IRI was from Russia. There was Gazprom, the Russian oil producer. They have secured a US dollar 407 million green bond from Sparebank. So, I mean, this is like 
oil and gas sector, as you might know. So it's interesting to see that this um, that they have done a green bond, they a green loan. Sorry, they state that the use of proceeds were for sustainable water management, pollution prevention, and control. Interesting would be to see if they addressed uh, methane. Because as you might know, a big, big issue when it comes down to, to those industries. Yeah. So I wanted to highlight this one. Yeah. And then just some other activity, for instance, came from Brookfield. They launched their latest 1.8 billion green loan, which was certified by the Climate Bonds Initiative. And then we saw activity in the property sector, for example, Wing Group. They went with a 400 million loan. But enough on this end. Nick, how was the year end for the SLB base? Was there a lot? Which are the transactions you would like to highlight? Yeah, Marika, so it was, a, it was an interesting um, end of the year for SLBs. And as we know, it's one of the most dynamic parts of the market, close to 100 billion in issuance. I think in total, about 130 odd linked bonds are in the, uh, in the market now. So really good to see that level of growth. Uh, we saw Newmont, Big World, uh, one of the world's biggest gold mining companies go to market, um, Scope 1 and 2 focus, Scope 3 as well, and some gender metrics. I guess there's some parts of the market and on the precious metal type of side of things, there's a bit of a debate on you know, whether that's a good thing to have and to do over time. Certainly gold is an aspect of the low carbon transition uh, but maybe not as much as other metals. But look, overall, I think it's good that more mining companies are coming to market because we need that pathway um, and we need them to to keep doing different types of um, transactions. But we'll let our listeners check that one out in more detail. I like the, the next one, Electa, which is on healthcare um, provision of, of services um, and units connected to cancer. So a bit of a KPI on growth of units um, in some of the markets that they uh, operate. So I guess on a more of a social side of things. Uh, we saw ASTM do a $3 billion um, sustainability linked bond, an Italian motorway company. And again, sometimes the underlying industry, there'll be different views in the market. Should a motorway be doing something linked? Uh, precious metals, how are they viewed as, as something inherent um, to their business? And again, there'll be different views on those. On the motorway side, again, scope one and two, good to see scope three in there and some science-based targets, initiative aligned targets on that side. Uh, we saw Apollo... Um, structure their acquisition of SDM, both packaging companies, or at least the SDM side, focused around scope one and two emissions and waste recovery and also some waste discharge uh, management. So good to see. And again, it highlights this theme of acquisitions, structured transactions, private equity using in terms of their normal types of uh, instruments, wrapping sustainability links or use of proceed um, aspects in, into those um, structured um, a little bit on the property side, we saw Sunway REIT in Malaysia do, a, do an SLB. We saw a Anglican Water do a PP uh, with an SLB um, aspect to that. Autonom in Europe um, around leasing vehicles, and I believe generally scope one and two emissions connected to um, a per, uh, per kilometre um, basis. And then we also saw a pretty cool transaction on the farmer side, and hopefully we'll see some more farmer going forward. We saw a little bit connected to, to COVID last year, but that was for Sanofi, uh, focusing on absolute one and two emissions, scope three, and then also some social KPIs, which is great to see for businesses like pharma in lower income countries, access to generics, access to different types of, of medicines and, and pharmaceuticals going forward. So yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, uh, Marika, but I think we're really, really going to see much more on that link space this year and, and KPIs 
um, a lot more on the social side, a lot more different industries, and, and some topical topical ones coming up, which is, look, it's good for that scrutiny and it's good for the development of the market. Thanks, Nick, for that overview. It's now time for the questions. So Yeah, my favorite section. Yes, exactly. I just thought we <laughs> should like include like a little bell next time when it's like ding it's question time so um yeah so whenever any one of you wants to wants to hear the future bell when we start with this segment um you can write us at podcast at sustainalytics.com in case you want to submit any questions and um yeah we picked this time also two of the ones which we see most of the time coming so nick the first one is uh, around transition bonds so the listener is interested, will we see more? What is your expectation for 2022? Yeah, and, and it's a good um, segue, Marika. So um, just for our listeners, as we did last year in 2021, we will have a special podcast episode. So look out for that. We'll bring the bells to, to tell people about that one. Um, probably by mid um, mid to late uh, February, we'll be out with that as there's some more general outlook reports from the broader Sustainalytics Morningstar group. Um, as well. So to be on the lookout for those. But look, very briefly, yeah, I do think we'll see some use of proceeds, structured transition bonds and loans. Um, it's been a while in the making. There's far more references now. Some of the things we mentioned before about TPI and SBTI and private equity, there's many, many, many more different references in the market and also bolstered by a strategy and what looks good and what's robust as a strategy. Um, and as companies move from that sort of initial R&D stage to having more projects, more expenditures, yeah, I do think we'll see that. For the time being, though, I think we'll, we'll continue to see linked instruments with a decarbonisation flavour around emissions sort of still eat and take aspects of that use of proceeds transition market. But I, I, I do think we're finally, um, once we're into 2022, we're going to see a little bit more on that as projects move to to having to be fulfilled on a capex basis and much more uh, implementation now rather than early planning. So yeah, watch this space uh, for sure. Thanks, Nick. And then the second question is on biodiversity. So the listener is referring to uh, link transactions and is asking if we can provide some examples of biodiversity KPIs. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, I'm glad we've got the question. Um, I don't know if I have a, one of the few Always times I haven't one. got built out a, yeah, exactly. I haven't really built out a, a full answer to that, but I'll, I'll give a bit of a, a view. Um, so look, as we know, biodiversity, the importance of nature, the underpinnings of nature, biodiversity connected to GDP, all of those things are having much more science, much more rigor, much more reports um, generated. We've seen the uh, the TNFD, Task Force for Nature-Based Financial Disclosure. So all of these things are going to intensify. I think at the moment, though, there's no really agreed perfect way to do that, unlike some of the, the more common you know, emissions and water, you know, even water. Sometimes there's some basic KPIs, but what an ambition level should be is a bit more difficult. So I think on biodiversity, I don't have the best answer, but I think we've seen a couple of things about rewilding, bringing back um, species that are endangered. And most of the traditional metrics are kind of more like potential impacts or number of sites that a company has next to a uh, an area with endangered species of high biodiversity. So much more what we'd call sort of input metrics basic metrics, risk management metrics. And I think what we need to do and a number of different ecosystem players or players in the market are trying to develop these to get into some more chunky, what does ambition looks, look like? 
um, net positive from a biodiversity point of view. How do you calculate that? What does that mean? So the short answer is I don't really have any great examples yet apart from rewilding, which we've seen um, under a sustainability link bond for Clabin about a year ago, and some of the more basic metrics from GRI, uh, from SASB, CDSB, uh, released a great report in, I think, uh, in November last year. So I'd encourage our listeners to check those out. And then I guess really the answer is I think this will develop over this year. And the best and the more meaty KPIs, I think, are going to take a little while to come out. So we may see some more basic things on the biodiversity side, which is good because we need to start that and kick that along a bit further. So a kind of an answer there, Marika, <laughs> but definitely watch out, watch this space and biodiversity may be one we need to do a specific podcast episode once more of these frameworks have the, the metrics that come out. It's sort of been developing the mindset first and then the metrics will, will appear um, and hopefully there'll be some consensus on the better ones going forward. Thank you, Nick. Let's move forward to the SLL segment. Are there any transactions you would say which were public um, you would like to highlight? Yeah, so a couple to mention, Marika. It's, it's been pretty broad, but I'll just sort of talk briefly about a few in terms of the, the trend that it highlights. So Hugo Boss came to market. Sometimes on the loan side, it's a bit tricky to work out exactly what KPIs were used because not all of that's disclosed. Uh, but I believe that was related to fair working conditions, suppliers, um, more sourcing of sustainable cotton and CO2 reduction. And that's on the back we've seen lots of transactions for, you know, for H&M, for Prada and the whole fashion space, which believe it or not, is about 2%, same as shipping contribution to, to overall global GHG. So we're going to see more from that. Telcos continues to come uh, come along. We saw um, Spark do a sustainability link loan. We've seen a whole range of telcos and IT on, on the link side of things, and we'll see that going forward. Uh, Stina, Fastig, Heater. Um, I'm sure I've massacred that name, so apologies. Um, a Swedish uh, company there on the real estate side, looking at a change um, in emissions profile there. Safe Bulkers, um, an SLL around, I believe, emissions too on the shipping side, which is pretty common. EU Networks, again, plugging into that theme in the UK about telcos, about IT. Um, Homewares Business, Dunalum. Um, again, apologies for saying that name, possibly um, incorrectly there. Um, around responsible sourcing, um, circular, uh, yeah, really around um, the sourcing side of, of things there. Uh, we saw a pretty interesting transaction in Australia for, for Treasury Wines. It had a, a variety of, of KPIs and a couple that were more um, undertaking to to look at comprehensive reviews of, of things like water and, and, and footprints connected to that. So I believe that was pretty well received in, in the market. And we'll see some different types of KPIs come out, some more that are connected to a a commitment to, to review something in detail and some more on, on performance. NGE in France, industrial machinery, tagging KPIs to, to gender, occupational health and safety, those type of things. South 32 came out with a sustainability link loan, which we worked on pretty closely and was a, a very, very interesting transaction, looking at a variety of KPIs connected to GHGs and, uh, and water and, and those type of issues. Glassifer um, or Deutsche uh, Glassifer, um, again, a telcos company looking at CO2. And, and telcos have a huge contributor to GHG emissions with all the data we're all using these days. So fashion, telcos, data, IT, you know, really, really key issues going forward. 
And then without getting into too many details, uh, Bunge on the agri side went to market again. I think then second time they've gone to market. We've seen um, a bit on the, the auto side, uh, Letterin go to market. We've seen on, um, some action on the chemical side for Eastman. We've seen a salmon salmon farmer, so a bit more on the fishing side. We've seen Thai Union and Maori and Grieg last year in different types of formats. This time we've seen glass manufacturers, BCP, Volkswagen did an SLL. Uh, there's also a gender index loan that HSBC did. Um, and then a couple of others around the renewable sectors. Um, I think I mentioned Volkswagen already. Private equity. So investment firm Triton Partners, again, another example of, of private equity and funds getting involved in this space, um, did a link facility for one of its, uh, for one of its funds uh, with the ESG um, targets being connected to GHGs. Um, and also water and waste programs. Um, and then Storo Enzo went to market. Again, I believe they've gone to market in green previously and on the linked um, link side, the GHGs, Scope 3 as well, and then a couple of other a couple of other things in there. So yeah, pretty interesting um, in terms of the link side of things, Marika, to finish off the year. Thanks, Nick, for that overview. Moving on to the label products or transition bonds or loans or also anything around... Um, countries or regulations just to to wrap up our podcast with an update on that end if there is anything which sparked your eye where you said this was in particular of interest then please share with us yeah thank you so i'd say not a huge amount of action or we've been focused finishing off our year and working on a number of the transactions we mentioned before but look on the labeled side there were some pretty interesting discussions around or articles around the, the world's first you know humanitarian cat bond with um, TISE that worked on that, uh, facilitated by Replexus ICC. Haven't got all the details of that, but again, probably the most interesting label product. We Hopefully we'll start to see some more of these contingent type bonds for, for climate um, events come out to the market, a little bit more on derivatives and repos and, and trade finance. Um, on the transition side, the normal sort of articles about hydrogen, hydrogen economies, scrutiny around oil and gas targets and pressure to go green, a little bit more on the shipping side and reviewing of um, Poseidon principles and also insurance companies, I think, have linked up to those as well. So that that'd be um, just a couple of things on the transition side. And then nothing really to mention on the regulation side, um, apart from what we discussed already about the lively EU taxonomy variations to include or or to some extent the, the gas and nuclear and plenty to talk about this year in terms of green bond standards for the EU um, and lots of different news across uh, across markets but that would probably be the key one that sort of finish off the year so yeah a busy end of the year and um, our next podcast I'm sure we'll have lots and lots of information and um, dynamics about 2022, which has started pretty um, pretty strongly as well. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, I agree. I think it only will get busier. <laughs> so, um, all right, folks. With that, that's all about the time we have for this month's episode. So any links to the articles and reports you're interested in, they can be found on our website. So do also follow us on LinkedIn or on Twitter at Sustainalytics. And as mentioned already earlier, please keep the questions coming. Um, send them to our inbox. And thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye-bye. See you later.